Welcome to Growing in Grace with Pastor Victor Morrison. This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas. We are praying that God will bless you as you listen to this message. If you would like additional information on worship times and ministries at FBC Columbus, you can find out more at our website, fbccolumbustx.org. And now, take your copy of God's Timeless Word as Pastor Victor gives today's message. Welcome back to Growing in Grace. Glad you could join us today. You ever struggle with inadequacy? You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 is a wonderful place to go to remind yourself that our adequacy, our sufficiency, is in Christ. It's great. I had a Sunday school teacher that used to remind me almost every Sunday, it's not about you. It's not about you. I think sometimes we can buy into a Christian consumerism where worship is really about, well, did I get anything out of it or not? But really, it's all about God. And so we should say, okay, Lord, I want to make this day all about you. If we do, I guarantee you, you'll find that our sufficiency is in Christ. I remember as a college student, one time I wrote a check and I didn't have enough money. I got an insufficient funds notice from the bank. I was so shocked. Anyway, it never happened again. But I just thought, Lord, what's worse is if I have an insufficient funds spiritually. So anyway, if you're feeling that way this week, perhaps even today, I want to encourage you to follow me. And let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I want to uh, share with you some of the things that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, probably back in AD 56. Here's what he says beginning in chapter 3. I'm just going to read a little bit at a time, and so we'll process this together. Verses 1 through 3 say this, Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, as some do, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter of recommendation, written on our hearts to be known and read by all. And you show that you are a letter from Christ, delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Wow, what an encouraging passage I think when it comes to our sufficiency, we need to remember that the letters of the Spirit are one of the things that validate our life. They help us to realize, I've lived a meaningful life that's significant, that is sufficient. You see, there were legalists from Jerusalem back then in Paul's day who would carry around these letters from Jerusalem stating that, you know, this is so-and-so and and you can trust everything he says, you know, and so forth. But these legalists, they didn't accept Paul. They didn't accept the gospel message. And so they would say, who is Paul? He means nothing to us. He doesn't have a letter of recommendation from Jerusalem. But the Apostle Paul, what he's saying in these three verses, he's reminding the people in Corinth. You see, Paul had won these people to Christ. 
They had come from darkness into light because of his life and his witness. And so what he's saying is that his veracity was the letter of their transformed lives in Jesus Christ. You see, I just want to remind you that the world is not always interested in studying God's book, but the world can't help but study God's people. They're always watching us. And so the the quickest way for us to verify the gospel message is just live it. Just live it out and let your neighbors, let your coworkers, let your friends, your extended family, let everyone just see that it's real for you. He's changed your life. He's changed the lives of others because you were here. Thank you for those that you have impacted. But that's not everything concerning our sufficiency in Christ. Yes, those people that we have impacted with the gospel, they could be like a letter of reference. But how about this one? Verses four to six speak about the life from the Spirit. So we have the letters of the Spirit, but now we have the life from the Spirit. Listen to verses four through six. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. The Spirit gives life. You know, the Holy Spirit is the one that lives up to the standards that God has in his word. You know, in chapter 2 and verse 16, the Apostle Paul ends a, a verse here, and he says this question, who is sufficient for these things? Who is sufficient for these things? You know what the answer is? What's right here in verse 5? Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. You know, I think that our sufficiency is from God. And how does he make us sufficient? Well, he makes us sufficient by placing his Holy Spirit within us. And then we were able to reach goals and live by standards that we could never live in the energy of the flesh. You know, it's no wonder that John the Baptist said in Matthew 3, 11, I'm not fit to untie the sandals of the Messiah. You see, he had this idea that in himself, he was not sufficient for that. Remember the Roman centurion in Matthew 8, 8? He said, he sent a message to Christ and said, oh, wait a minute, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. If we could only see that the true life is found in God. It's found in the Spirit. It's found in Christ. You know, I believe that in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9, you know, God says something to Paul. He's struggling with a thorn in the flesh. And what God says is, my grace, Paul, is sufficient for you. That's where we find our sufficiency, is in the indwelling Holy Spirit once we come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, as we move on down through this chapter, I think verses 7 through 11 will introduce us to yet a third thing 
that gives us our sufficiency. Remember, the first was the letters of the Spirit, the people that we have impacted since we've come to know Christ. The second thing was the life from the Spirit, where the Holy Spirit lives within us, makes such a difference. But now I want you to notice the light of the Spirit, the light of the Spirit. Verses 7 through 11, it's a little lengthy, but listen. It says, now if the ministry of death, carved in letters on stone, came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. Did you notice the frequency of the word glory in there? This is like incredible, 10 times. But what is he talking about? Well, he's referring to an Old Testament occurrence in Exodus chapter 34, verses 29 to 35. Whenever Moses would meet with God, when he came out, the people said, there's like a bright light. There's like the glory of God shining from your face. And so Moses had to actually wear a veil over his face because, you know, that glory was so intense. But what this passage is telling us is after a little while, well, it just began to kind of wear off for Moses. That's why he contrasts with what we have in Christ, the light of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling Spirit of God. He says, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? Have you ever been around Christians and it's like there's just this countenance that they have? The countenance lets you know it's the glory of the Lord that you're seeing through their face, through their eyes, through their words, through their actions. You know, it's interesting how we cannot produce light. We can only reflect it, though. We're almost like, well, if you were to compare us to the moon and the Lord Jesus to the sun, well, the sun generates its own light, correct? but not the moon. The moon reflects the light from the sun. So the moon actually doesn't produce its own light. It just reflects it. Well, that's the same way about us. Someone may say, I just don't feel adequate. Well, really and truly, I mean, none of us are adequate, but the the amazing truth of scripture is we find our adequacy, our sufficiency in who the Lord is, not in who we are. So let that put a light in your eyes uh, today as you go through your day. Verses 12 through 16 remind me of yet a fourth aspect of our sufficiency that we have in Christ. How about this one? The lift by the Spirit. The lift. You know, I think that lift, I think it's hope. We'll see that as I read through here in verse 12. But that hope is sort of like 
a lift. Let me ask you, have you ever gone snow skiing? Do you know what a ski lift is all about? I'll never forget the first time I went snow skiing and they said, you stand right here and the chair will come behind you. Let me tell you, that that bench, that chair came behind me all right and it lifted me up and it carried me all the way to the top of the mountain. I want you to listen to these great verses about the lift of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened. For to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But, get this, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. It's lifted. Can you imagine? You know, it says in verse 12, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. You see what it's saying? God's hope inside of us, that makes us sufficient. That makes us feel like it's not all on me. You see, the veil of the heart is how some people, that's why some people can't understand. They're still in darkness because of that veil that's over their hearts but they need to hear the gospel message because once they hear the gospel, according to verses 14 and verse 16 in our text, that veil is lifted. It is lifted. It's removed. You know, sometime look at Titus 3, 5 through 7. It, it sort of slows down in slow motion how a person is converted. How are we saved? How does that all take place? Titus 3 Verses 5, 6, and 7 puts it down really slow. And I thought it's amazing that it says we are renewed by the Holy Spirit. And it talks about how we receive hope. You see, the hope of the Lord comes into our lives once we trust Christ. And that hope just has a way of wanting to say to other people, this guy's good. This guy's headed for heaven. This guy, this gal is in the Lord's family. This one's sins are wiped away. Man, there's something that has got a lift to it about that. I want you to have that lift so bad. That's why we are so glad that you come to Growing in Grace. Just hang out with us because here we're going to always tell you exactly what God wants you to know. Let me go to yet a fifth one. There is a fifth um, aspect of our sufficiency in Christ and it's liberty, freedom, freedom in Christ. That's exactly what you're going to hear as I read verse 17. Let's listen to what God says. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I love it. Freedom. You know, freedom is not the right to do as you please, but the power to do as you should. Maybe you're driving and you're saying, what did he just say? 
I've never heard that before. Let me say it one more time. I want you to get this. Freedom is not the right to do as you please, but the power to do as you should. You see, before I came to know Christ, you know what what my life was like? Well, it's like I was chained to my sin. It's like I was under the curse of sin. I was under the condemnation of my own sin. I was under the control of my own sin. But when I trusted Jesus Christ, man, for the first time, I tasted spiritual freedom. And it's wonderful. You'll want to tell other people about the freedom they can have in Christ once you experience that. But even if Christ is in our lives, even if the Holy Spirit is there, we still have to remember something that some from the older generations, I can still hear them saying this. There was an old evangelist named Vance Havner. And here's one of the sayings that he said. He's he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And he says that the Holy Spirit is often a resident where he is not considered the president. Hey, have you ever gotten back on the throne of your life? And it's like you you gave your life to Jesus Christ. You invited him to sit on the throne to make the decisions in your life. But then somehow along the way, you usurped him and you're back on the throne. He's still there. The Lord said, I'll never leave you but he's just not given the controls anymore. Well, I invite you, let the Holy Spirit be in charge of your life again. There's something very profound that the Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul to write in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. And here's what he said, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Wow, That's how we experience victory and freedom whenever we walk in the Spirit. It's like the Spirit of God gives us the freedom that Christ purchased on the cross. And so I love that. Well, let me give you one last verse before we wrap it up for today. How about this one? Verse 18 talks about the labor of the Spirit. The labor of the Spirit. That's the sixth and the final one that I see related to our sufficiency. How are you ever going to live out the Christian life? I've actually had people tell me that's why they don't want to trust Christ. That's why they don't want to surrender their lives to the Lord. Is They tell me, I can't live it out. Listen to what verse 18 says here. This is cool. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Isn't that good? It's like God says, I'm not only going to save you, I'm actually going to empower you and help you live the Christian life. Do you see why I'm saying this is all about our sufficiency that we have in Christ? When I read through verse 18, it kind of reminded me of like a chain, a chain of events that takes place. So let me walk you through what's just kind of popping up in my mind as I read verse 18. And we all with unveiled face. All right, right there. I think we all is the people of God. Okay, so the people of God, he says, beholding the glory of the Lord. 
So the people of God are looking into the Word of God. And what do we see whenever we're reading through Scripture? He says, you're going to see the glory of the Lord. So here we are, the people of God, looking into the Word of God. And the more we read in the Word of God, the more we see of the astounding, the amazing glory of God. But it's not finished, right? Because here's it. He goes on to say, we are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So I'm thinking, okay, this is how it goes. It's a chain of events. The people of God look into the Word of God. We see the glory of God, and we are gradually changed by the Spirit of God into the image, you guessed it, of the Son of God. It's all about becoming more like Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do in our lives. He's wanting to make us more like Christ in our actions, in our words, in our attitudes, in our relationships, all of these things. And so to me, I just thought, you know, I do believe 2 Corinthians chapter 3 is one of the best chapters in the whole Bible. It's just so easy to understand once you can just slow it down in slow motion and say, ah, oh, he's talking about our sufficiency. That's right, he is. Let me review it. The letters of the Spirit are the people that you and I have impacted. Verses one through three, it's right there. So whenever the world is wanting to say, does your life count for anything? You can say, I don't know. Maybe you should ask my family. Maybe you should ask the people that I'm around if my life counts for something. They are like letters testifying to your importance, to your value. The second thing we looked at was the life from the Spirit in verses 4 to 6. Remember, he says, it's the Spirit that gives life. And so I thought, okay, so the Lord is going to be pouring out his life upon me. No wonder he says, Victor, don't ever forget that is your standard to know the, the standard is, okay, what God wants for me and the Holy Spirit, he's the one who will help me reach that standard that I can't reach on my own. Then there's also the third one, the light of the Spirit, verses 7 through 11. When he says, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? Remember, 10 times in those verses right there, we saw where constantly he's going back to Moses and talking about Moses's face would just glow. It's like there was a light. Today, we can have that light. We can have that same light as the glory of the Lord shines through us. We can live not for self, but for his glory. Then the fourth one we saw was our sufficiency is also related to verses 12 through 16, where we looked at the lift by the Holy Spirit, the hope that he gives. Remember, I used that analogy of a ski lift. It's almost like the Holy Spirit comes in and he lifts us up with the hope that can only come from the Lord. Then there was the liberty that we find in the Holy Spirit. Verse 17, you know, that the, the liberty that we have in the Lord is not that freedom, not that right 
to please ourselves, but the power to do as we should. That's what we're looking at. Then the last one was the labor of the Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit doing? I've always heard that the Holy Spirit is at work in the life of every believer, every disciple. So if he is at work, what is he doing in his work? What is his labor? His labor is to make me and to make you more like Jesus. Listen, that's where our sufficiency is found. If you're feeling inadequate this week, if somehow you're feeling like, man, maybe the checking account is fine, but in life, I just get an insufficient funds notice every time I think about my life. Don't feel that way if you're a believer. You're a child of the King. Let me just say a prayer for you as you go through the rest of this day. Oh Lord, I never know who's listening, but I just pray for those who are listening today that God, you would encourage them, build them up. Lord, help them to know who they are in Christ. They're they're royalty. Help them to know that the sufficiency of their lives, it's not ourselves. No, our sufficiency is the Lord himself. You're at work in our lives, making us more like Christ. You give us freedom, freedom through Christ, and the Holy Spirit helps that freedom to be available to us. Lord, you give us hope, and so you give us this incredible lift by the Spirit. Lord, life can be discouraging. Sometimes we can even feel hopeless, but that's the time that your Spirit will come and give us that lift of hope that only you can give. Would you do that for my friends that are listening today? Lord, also the light. I couldn't help but just notice how Moses, when he would hang around you, Lord, says his face would just beam with the light of the Lord. Lord, would you let others see the glory of God through us? Father, I also pray for the life of the Spirit to be poured out upon my friends. And I pray that they would also realize that they're making a difference where they work. They're making a difference in their families. They're making a difference at their church. They're making a difference uh, at work. Just help them to realize that there are people who could give testimony to their lives. Sadly, as a pastor, sometimes I hear people say incredible things at funerals after someone has passed on, and people never know how much that they impacted their lives. But I pray that you would help us to realize that right now there are living letters, living letters that would bear witness that our lives count. They're important. They're valuable. So speak that value today into every person listening to this. Thank you again for our friends of Growing in Grace. Help us all to grow in grace as we go through this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Listen, the Lord bless you as you go through the rest of your week and the rest of your day today. This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas.